Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. You can text us 704-570-9610 and share your thoughts on the games last night in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. We have you covered on all of that today. Unfortunately, if you're a North Carolina fan, it's still a struggle start to the season with North Carolina dropping their third straight contest this time to the Indiana Hoosiers, the 10th ranked Indiana Hoosiers. If you're a Blue Devil fan, how? However, then you did see a victory last night against Ohio State in the ACC Big Ten Challenge where the ACC, they're going to walk away as a winner. But North Carolina, obviously one of the programs that did not walk away a winner. We're going to get to all of that later on. We still have plenty of Carolina Panthers conversation. We'll get to a little bit of the Charlotte Hornets where they're still trying to figure out their start to the season too, trying to get some guys back. We have plenty to talk about today. I did want to talk about kind of reveling in our vending machine trips here real quickly. Like I was going back once again and man, I feel like our show hits the vending machines up more so than any and especially me like i feel like you were going back there too did you just you got a diet mountain dew today did you yeah. get some peanuts from over there as well no 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 I, there's uh actually a food line around the corner you know i'm working nights doing highlights for these games uh-huh. so you know after i thought go to the gym i said you know i gotta get a few dinners and stuff like that save a little skrilla get a few snacks for my desk <laughs> And so I do like the almonds that have a little bit of flavor to them. So Well, I didn't I realize. So my, my first show that I kind of guest hosted in August, mm-hmm. I walked into the vending machine and it was like the pearly gates opening wide for me to look at all of the different options that they had. Yeah. And my wallet has taken a beating ever since I realized it. T-Bone, I, I tweeted about it then. Mm-hmm. And then T-Bone quote tweeted that and said, yeah. I mean, we have almost like the Taj Mahal of vending machine areas. And ever since, I probably spend, it's it's pretty embarrassing right now. Where I got to get an energy, energy, energy drink, I can't uh-huh. talk. Yeah. I got to get a Gatorade. I'm getting food. Yesterday, <laughs> I mean, seriously, and Fiddy can vouch for this, maybe one of the best waffles I've ever had in my entire life just because they were ser- serving food over there. Yeah. I don't even know if I was allowed to get one. I, I, I think I might have stole a waffle I think you yesterday. Are. They, they send us emails about getting the food when they have food. Well, I don't get those emails yet. I'm not that <laughs> official. Like, I'm technically official, but I'm not that official um, to where I'm getting waffle emails yet. No, you think that one's good. Like I said, you know, uh, one of so my good. jobs, I, when I work at Fox Sports, logging the NASCAR stuff, they have the same one that we have, uh-huh. but plus some. And what do you mean by what is that? Plus some. It's even more stuff than that's there. There's, I mean, Mad TV dinners. They have, you know, Snickers ice cream bars, Twix ice cream bars. Oh, yeah, that's I right. I mean, they have alley. sandwiches. I mean, anything you could think of, really. And But the thing is, too, Fox pays the difference so that 
the majority of the chips are 25 cents. And then the majority of the drinks, the majority of the soft drinks, I think all the soft drinks are 50 cents. And they're the 20-ounce bottles. So you could imagine how many times I'm taking chips there when I'm there. It's a real problem. And I can swipe and tap and all Uh that, too. Oh, I could, yo, legit. Sometimes I call it my grinding lunch. I would go in there and get a peanut butter and jelly, chips. Was it like the Smuckers that came in the pack? No, no, no. This was like, I forget what company it was. I, I either get that chicken salad sandwich. Bag of chips, like good chips, the bolder chips, like they serve in Earth Fed, a kettle joint. <laughs> I'll get like something sweet and a drink, and it's like $2. Yeah, man, that's dangerous as hell. <laughs> well, Finney, what, what was it when you said you had a real problem and that you spent something like maybe $60 a month at the vending machine, or was this Nick that did that? Oh, no. No, Big Daddy was spending north of $200 a month. I, I was around 40 to 60 bucks a month between. My sodas and my snacks, and then when I would splurge, like for the combos, the combos are like two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. So now, like I'm more economic, where I get the soda, the Ritz bits are ninety nine cent, and I can get you know a Snickers bar and still getting out for less than four bucks. More economical, uh, responsible a, fitting. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to what I was doing when I first, like you, when I was a vending machine virgin, just going down there spending money left and right. No, it's it's a real problem, and especially when it's almost like the first times on me, vending machine got me hooked. Yeah. Now I keep going back. I'm scratching at the throat. And it's convenient because you don't have to have tens. You can once you can swipe or tap that card. Oh, man. it's such an efficient process. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I just swipe it and then walk away, and it's all green. The screen lights up, and it says you're good to go. Enjoy your snack, yeah. and damn it, I do. And then you like the energy drinks. We have. Like at Fox, they have like two, three more extra ones. Like they got the Mountain Dew joints. They got the Rowdy joints. They got Well, they're Red running Bulls. out of flavors as well, and I'm hoping that we can catch the vending machine guy to actually get the That's little tip in. That's the key. That is because the key. what I want to know here is how in the hell you put regular Pepsi in there, but don't put Diet Pepsi in there. I got big problems with that. Uh, we, we need to get them, and NASCAR Brad just texted in, Fitty Marlowe knows I work for a vending machine company. I've been trying to get my foot in the door for quite a while now, so I'm hoping maybe we can get NASCAR Brad to be someone that fills our vending machines up. We can tell him what we want, and we can just have a Wesley well, Walker smorgasbord anytime <laughs> we go over there. Well, that company, actually, I know... Because I see them at, when they would be at Fox. I would see them when they come in because they come in, I think it's like on Tuesdays or something like that. And I'd see them when they come in there. So they have like their own people and they come mm-hmm. in there. And sometimes I tell them stuff. But there's a specific person. You don't talk to them when you want certain stuff added. You have to go talk to the person that's over the vending machine. <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's like being nice to the lunch lady. Be nice yeah, to the, the vending machine Fox, person. If there were certain things missing, I'd be like, mm-hmm. hey, can we add this back? Can we add that? And she'll be like, yep. Patrick wrote in, this is a food show that talks sports from time to time, and I love it. So we'll we'll get to some of that sports right now. <laughs> All right, we pull, we're a little heavy getting off of the, uh, off the bus today because we got our snacks. Right, we got right. our energy We're not drink. ready to play. No, not really. This, this is going to be one where I don't know how good we do look getting off of the bus, but we're here, and Mac Brown's going to help us and hype us up anyway. So here we are getting off the bus as we are. Let's get it. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! It was a bad ACC Big Ten challenge. If you're a Heels fan, Hubert Davis said it just wasn't happening for us tonight. 
you guys were down 59-52, had the ball. We had the ball, and somebody tipped it, got tipped in, and they scored. Was that the biggest we of came, all of them? Uh, that was the biggest of all of them. And then we came down, shot a contested two. I think they got the rebound, went in, and then there was 11. We were right there. It was in the timeout, and I told them that uh, at the next timeout, let's at worst have it a two-possession game. We were right there. Something else uncharacteristic for us, I mean, we we got to the free throw line 27 times, but, I mean, we're a pretty good free throw shooting team. We, lost, we missed seven. And so the pick six turnovers, you know, not shooting the ball like we usually do from the free throw line, it's a one- or two-possession game. I mean, it just didn't happen tonight. Yo, I am actually pretty close to a big-time panic level for this team. If we had to go 1 on te- one to 10, I'm not going to say I'm a 10 right now. It's nice. We know that North Carolina always plays a lot better in the second half of their seasons. It happened under Roy Williams. We know it took a while for this team to start clicking just last year, even in the tournament, right? That was by far the best they played, and it was at the very end of the season. But they're not doing anything well. They're not defending well. They're not scoring the basketball at a high clip i also looking at north carolina basketball the point guard being the facilitator has always been very good for that type of regime right caleb love is not that type of guy it doesn't mean they can't score but just looking at the assist numbers for this team they are tied right now for 363rd when it comes to assists accumulated in each of these games so yes. dead last 363 And North Carolina last year was 55th. Not amazing, but 300 spots below or above, I should say, what they are right now. They're not moving the basketball. Okay, so maybe you don't move it, so a lot of your offense is predicated off of offensive rebounds, right? They're 52nd in the country. And this is a team that is always going to be a good rebounding team. They're just not doing anything well right now. R.J. Davis is taking ill-advised shots, but that doesn't even, that pales in comparison to what Caleb Love is doing right now from the field, taking awful shots, actually passing up better attempts for worse shots. Wes, look, maybe some other Heels fans are calm and measured watching this team. I'm starting to worry about what is on the horizon for this heel squad. Well, the thing is, because at this point, you've seen more of the mediocre to bad from this team than you have the good. You saw the good good towards the end of the season in the tournament, but for most of that season, they were shaky. Starting off this season, they're shaky. This is some of the most inefficient guard play that I've seen against Indiana. Nine of 27 and five turnovers between the two of them, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis. Uh, They were six of 15 on layups. Uh, Just not the Carolina basketball you want to see. There was one possession where Caleb drove down and he got the ball to Armando and Armando dunked it. And I was like, this is what this (laughs) offense should look like. I'm like, it should be dribble penetration. You find Mondo when you can. And moving the ball around, this is too talented of a team for them to be playing so much hero ball. Five assists to ten turnovers. I don't care who you are. You could be the dream team. Well, maybe the dream team could win that game. But other than that, (laughs) you're not going to win a game with only five assists and ten turnovers on the road. Fiddy, I don't know what they're doing. That's the problem, right? Like, I just don't know what kind of basketball I'm watching with Caleb Love continuing these poor shots. And even when you go back to last year, where he was still putting up 20 shots per game at the end of the season, even in the NCAA tournament. Yes, some of them were real poor shots. He is a good tough shot maker in certain moments, but 
I don't feel like they were this bad. I don't think R.J. Davis is somebody that I had put in that category of taking awful shots. And here in transition last night, he's taking one step in the three-point line, forcing up a long two, of course misses it. Armando's not fully healthy. Pete Nance, I thought, was not as good. Armando. Yeah, Mondo, man. I hope he gets back to that. I I just well, don't know what I'm they watching won't pass out there. Him the damn ball. Yeah. <laughs> Look, as a guy who freaked out and fired Hubert Davis in January of last season, you've learned your lesson. I've learned my lesson. I'm not going to panic. Here's why. Last year, the frustrations I had and many of us had with the team was it was a lack of caring. This team didn't care that they were getting their ass kicked. I think this team cares because I I think you can see the frustration setting in. It's a lack of execution that I don't think we thought was going to exist in November. All of their issues right now, I believe, are fixable. They've got the talent. They just don't. They don't have the depth. And you're seeing a second-year head coach still learning on the fly, trying to adjust to a team with the weight of the world's on its shoulders. They've got to get right on Sunday in a, in a venue that hasn't been very friendly to them because if not, then if, if this thing gets to four straight. Yeah then you can really start to wonder if this season just goes sideways all the way before the start of ACC play. Now, go ahead, Wes. Oh, I was going to ask him, too. One thing I think about, too, is that do you you feel like they play with the entitlement of being a favorite, like where they come in and they think that they bought into all of the hype and everybody telling them how great they're going to be and they have this entitlement about them? No, I I don't because Huber Davis told them, all summer long to ignore it. Last year, it was negative. It was negativity. This year, it was positive. It was a bunch of, you know, kissing babies and signing autographs for a right, team that played saying, well yeah. for six weeks. Yeah. And right now, that's what this team is. Last year, was it was a team that got high and played really good basketball for six weeks. We thought it was going to carry over. So far, it hasn't. Yeah, I just don't know what I'm watching when I'm watching the Heels right now. I, I kind of know what I'm watching with the Duke Blue Devils. They have two losses on the season, but they come against ranked opponents. They come against really good programs. And here they beat Ohio State. Yes, it was at home, but Filipowski continues to be a really impressive player. Scored 16 last night. How about Derek Lively coming in, scoring 11, 4 of 5. Nothing crazy special, but Derek Lively is certainly a good player that you could see blossoming as the season goes on and then Jeremy Roach comes in with 13 points not a great shooting night but got to the foul line nine times did he shoot from the charity stripe so when his shot's not falling he's still able to create some offense unlike Caleb Love who did only shoot two free throws last night and despite shooting 84 uh, career percentage missed one yesterday Roach shot seven of nine found something to go real quickly how much are you comforted with the Duke Blue Devils win over Ohio State after seeing them lose a couple of games early uh, I think they're a decent team. I didn't think Ohio State was anything special, but this Duke team has still failed to impress me. I guess the wild fact, as I've said, of some of the guys they've had in the past, and I know that this team looks like they're going to be more of a team instead of just being built on flashy guys. Uh, but this team still, to me, just... I don't necessarily want to call them average, but you know, I just don't see a ton when I watch this team and say, wow, you know, this is a real deal contender. Yeah, it's not as spe- it, it even feels like last year you had some more sp- some special talent that right. was a little bit more cohesive. Mm-hmm. But this is still a team to me, Wes, that's primed to improve and improve a lot. They still have quite a bit of talent enough 
for me to say, okay, they're going to be just fine at the end of the season. Maybe they're not Zion and RJ. Maybe they're not even what last year's team was to get to the Final Four. But I do think this is a team that I, I, I'm not nearly as worried about them, especially after a win, as I am with North Carolina with all those guys returning. We'll get to some more college basketball later on in the show. We'll switch it up, though, and talk some Carolina Panthers. Coming up next, I want to have a follow-up to the top 25 players under 25. Brian Burns was number 11 on that list. Where was Derek Brown? Where was J.C. Horn? We'll get to that in just a moment on the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Looking at the heels struggling last night, but the Duke Blue Devils did win. Feel free to share your thoughts on the Garage Door Guru text line at 704-570-9610. A couple people wrote in that, you know, this is a Tar Heels team that hasn't found their sixth man yet. I do think Puff Johnson is that guy. And in fact, I'd probably I probably agree feel, with that. I probably feel best about Puff Johnson right now compared to a lot of other players with this Tar Heel Steve, just because I know what he's going to give you. He's going to give you good defense. He can shoot the three pretty well. He's going to go into the paint and rebound for you at times as well. Like I like Puff Johnson, but they, they've got a lot of stuff to figure out as far as their identity, figuring out different roles for some of these players and uh, NASCAR Brad is also trying to help us out with the energy drinks, possibly doing the vending machine stuff. See, I go with the bang energy drink. As soon as I tried that, I used to not be an energy drink guy. I still feel like there's this weird stigma that I am admitting to. I'm being vulnerable on air with you right now, yeah. even if it might not seem like it, <laughs> but I do feel like there is a stigma that comes with the energy drink person. I do love the bang energies though, man. They're so good and I can't help it. I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm I've gotten used to them. That's a lot of caffeine and I've gotten used to it and it's actually a problem too. I like uh kind of the more the more natural ones. I have had the bang though. I now do they are pretty tasty, but uh I was mm-hmm. saying like I like the Mountain Dew ones uh that they have. They have an energy drink that's pretty good. <laughs> Mountain um, Dew energy drink just makes me laugh. Yeah, I don't it know is. why. It's, it's just, um and then I like uh what's the one? I think V8 has one that's like a natural energy drink. I like theirs because it's pretty good too. Those are about the only two I drink. I don't do the Red Bulls and <laughs> yeah, the Rowdies yeah, Red Bull vodka that. every now and Monster. then. But but that's not an everyday thing. I promise to everybody. Feel free to text in seven zero four five. You just walk around with your eyes bugged out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> with my hair spiked up right? immediately from all different angles, yeah. electricity is just flowing yeah. through me. Uh, let's get to the Carolina Panthers top twenty five under twenty five because Brian Burns made. This list and we dropped a reel on our Twitter handle at Wes and Walker. How do you spell right. it though? Again, W E S A N D Walker. Okay, follow well, us. There you go on Twitter. That's right. I always forget how to spell it. So Wes and Walker, we put out a reel that you know, caught a little traction. We were talking about Brian Burns and how much we think of him being on this Carolina Panthers team. Derek Brown also made the list, but yes. Made the honorable mention list. Yeah. So not the 25 under 25, but mm-hmm. if it was 35 under 25, then Derek Brown would have been there. And this is really, Wes, only because of what he's done this season. It is not because of what happened last year or the year prior. We were coming into this season 
asking a lot of one Derek Brown. And, man, has he delivered. We talked a little bit about what was the best story for the Charlotte Hornets, right? We can make fun of my love for Dennis Smith Jr., his breakout campaign, being out of the league and then coming in and playing well. Akai Jones starting to get some minutes. That's good for the future, but, you know, it's still okay, right? Like, still a lot to be done there. Derek Brown might be the best individual story with this team mm-hmm. or with in, in all of sports. I mean, in Charlotte sports, right? Mm-hmm. Like not the national, but all right, of Charlotte right. sports. Like just when we talk about player stories, Derek Brown came in flirting with the bust label. We were talking about him like that. It was a little bit of a questionable pick at the time because this league was moving into a pass happy direction. Hell, it was there when they drafted Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, fresh off the combine, one of the more ridiculous combines we've ever seen from a player. And Simmons could cover, he could play in the run game, extremely versatile. Could Carolina have gotten Isaiah Simmons and been more effective? Well, even with his struggles his rookie year, he started to come along too and, and actually happened a little bit quicker than with Derek Brown. But Wes, he's been an absolute beast this mm-hmm. season in every way. If you go to pass rush win rate, Derek Brown top 10 from a defensive tackle standpoint, And that was his biggest weakness coming out. Run stopping. We always knew he was going to be good there as long as he got some PT. Love what Derek Brown is doing for this Carolina Panthers team. And the only reason he's honorable mention is because it's only happened one year. Next season, yeah, Derek Brown certainly could move way up that list. Well, to me, he's kind of in the same boat. And that's the thing I wrestled with when we posed the question. He's kind of in the same boat as Quentin Williams. Like, Quentin Williams was a guy who people were disappointed with what he'd done to this point. But the reason why he's on this list is because I think Quentin Williams has, what, eight sacks this season? And so, you know. And he was a high draft pick, so I wonder if that. Well, Derek Brown was really just well, almost well, as high. No, he he was, but Quentin was two. Yeah. And so I wonder if, I think that does matter a lot when you're coming in with an opinion between the two nationally. But they, but they said, like, you know, his lack of flashy stats, six career sacks. Six career sacks yeah. and no forced fumbles uh, in three seasons, I think, is what has kept him down here, too. But as far as the way he's playing right now, if he continues to play that, then I think maybe, you know, in another year or two, he will make these these type of lists. Because, like I said, I don't care if the league is pass happy, run happy, whatever you want. You always will have to have nasty interior alignment. It's just a must if you want to have a top-tier defense. Well, Wes, I mean, why – I don't think I've ever truly looked at the defensive tackle position taking a while to develop, but mm-hmm. maybe that is true because it is happening with Quinnen Williams, who yeah. was number six on this list. Derek Brown, honorable mention, but very much so playing. I mean, he's awesome this mm-hmm. year. Being somebody that played in the trenches, does it make sense that it takes a little while, maybe a little bit longer than some of these other rookies that can come in and, and be a force right away for defensive tackles to figure it out? Well, the thing about the tackles, man, is that um, – the main thing with them is the motor. They have that big man syndrome. They're always among the biggest, strongest, most athletic, dominant guys. And so their work ethic isn't going to be like a receiver where you can get 50 of them a year or, you know, different things like that. So interior D linemen, when you can get one as they, and get their motor going, then, you know, that was the thing about Sue was that Sue was so physically imposing and dominant, but the motor was there. Uh, you know, you pick any interior D lineman that's great, either in the Hall of Fame or that were great college players, things like that. But that's always the question when you pick one high and it's motor offensive lineman. You don't necessarily worry about that as much. 
Um, but just interior lineman, D-line is just that position to where motor is just, it means so much. Well, and I think that was one of the, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe you guys can help me out at 704-570-9610. I don't feel like there were any questions about Derek Brown's motor coming out. And, I, and maybe there was, but I, he was just dominant at Auburn. And, he was. And, and the reason he could have fell, fell a little bit more, it was because of the worry about a lack of pass rush. And I think the ceiling mm-hmm. for Derek Brown at the time, I do know the, the successful version of Derek Brown to the all the way at the top. The ceiling is the roof. If Michael Jordan was evaluating Derek Brown, right. the roof would have been Fletcher Cox, who was awesome for Philadelphia for quite some time, a little bit in the twilight of his career, but still an effective football player. And Derek Brown is starting to ascend to something like that. I mean, there are Pro Bowl votes that should be going Derrick Brown's way. Well, if you remember, you know, he was coming off of the heels of Nick Fairley coming out of Auburn, and Nick Fairley was a guy everybody wanted. Well, and he everybody was, thought that stuff, but there was no work ethic there. There was no motor. Mm-hmm. And so that's the thing with those guys, because if you can get, you know, you talk about freaks, and you talk about defensive ends, but D-tackles are just monsters. And if you can, can get that motor going – Man, no, you're you're right. Forget and when we it. have our athletic conversation yesterday, what we argued about, I think it's a promo now. I believe Fiddy, we, we had a lot of promo worthy stuff <laughs> yesterday. Do. We've been doing that here recently. Yeah. Wesson Walker, man, starting to take off with yeah. some promos. I'm yeah. getting called babe. We're arguing about Drake May and Tristan Wirfs. We'll argue about anything now. Yeah, but you're you're right. Just kind of going to the freak speed of the four five is why I go DEs, but. The strength is crazy for some of these defensive tackles that also get off of the line really quickly. And Derek Brown, he used to be pushed off of his spot a little mm-hmm. bit the first two years because it is so different. If you're Derek Brown in college, even at D1, even at SEC level, you ain't dealing with these guards in the NFL no. who are nasty and all of them are fantastic. Our families take care of uh, Yeah, and so they're doing <laughs> it, right? They're doing yeah. it pretty damn well. Yeah. Derek Brown, you know, it, I go back to Phil Snow's comment. So much coach speak happens in the offseason. This guy came in with a different attitude. This guy came in in the best shape of his life. Mm-hmm. Yada, yada. I've heard it all before about a million different players. If you do this long enough, everybody's in the best shape of their life. It seems to be real with Derek Brown. Coming in with a different attitude. Coming in, getting off the line a lot more quickly. I mean, he's beating so many different players. It doesn't matter who it is, Wes. Like, he's able to win at the line of scrimmage consistently. The only game that he wasn't very good in, it was Cincinnati, but remember he was sick. And then he c- comes back in the next game and is awesome again. Like, it's pretty impressive what he's done. Now, the thing that you worry about with the bigs, you know, especially with a cat like Derrick Brown, you know, is uh, that money's coming up and, uh, you know, might be playing for that cheddar. And, you know, you don't want a, a Sean Gilbert situation once you get <laughs> oh, the Skrilla. Oh, don't you say it. I think he's already outperformed but Sean that happens Gilbert. To, so. But that happens to a lot of D-tackles. We've yeah. seen in free agency over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. They get the money, and then it, it kind of goes down. And, and so the reason I say that with him, I hope that doesn't – that's not the case. But when you see a guy who was kind of flirting with bus label, all of a sudden, monster – get paid, will he go back to being eh? It's never the type of feel I've gotten from Derrick Brown. I, I don't I don't know Derrick Brown well, but mm-hmm. it, you've, you've always heard nice things about him, that he's always a really good dude. That, that's been kind of the MO on his personality, was just that he wasn't figuring it out early. And then I think Matt Rule, he benches him, right? He's not even starting in his second year. And as a top seven pick, you look at that side eye and wonder what the hell's going on. So Derek Brown, though, I, I do think if we're looking at individual 
player stories for the Hornets, for the Panthers. I think you put Derek Brown right there because yeah. of the dramatic leap. And it's important too, right? Like it's the one where this could be a foundational player and he's starting to figure it out quite yeah. a bit. But 2024 is the last year of that deal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we could see, you know, some holding out, some sitting out of stuff, trying to get that money after a big year. And it'll be interesting to see what transpires after that. Would you start to mail it in after you got a lot of money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't say that. What I do know is I'm I'm a very uh, self-aware person. That's one thing I did say if I would have played football. I know I would have had to have had a mm-hmm. long career because I know I would have blew all my money. There's no question about it. Oh, man, I'm telling you, I've known I've known like maybe two that two NFL players that have not made it big, but we're friends with them when they were doing practice squad stuff. And I was talking to them about some of the money that they would blow through because practice squad players, they'll get paid pretty handsomely as well. Like you're talking about, I think, man, at least in the mid 2000s, you're talking about five hundred thousand dollars. They were making each year. And then that was still the, the, the rule where. Once you were there on a practice squad three seasons, you were done. Now that rule doesn't exist. But then once you were there three seasons, you had to move on. And, you know, you had to try to figure out how to land with another team or something like that. But, you know, he bought, he went out and bought a Dodge Charger, the newest one. You know, he was out buying his mom a whole bunch of stuff, right? Like making sure that he was taking care of the family growing up in Catawba County and all that. Like it's And it, he turned out to go into coaching and it was all great for him. But it's like, yeah. You you definitely want to spend it. Man, like, the financial sure. literacy, especially when you're that age. I mean, you're talking about when we were in college getting Pell Grants for three grand. We're in the mall looking like NFL players with four or five bags, new stuff. I mean, I had some of my friends tell me stuff. Aaron Curry told me, you know, guys in the Seattle locker room that when they had the, I think when they had that lockout, and he said guys were hitting him up for money. Well, and it's funny you bring up Seattle. Man, we always make fun of Marshawn Lynch saying, take care of your bread, take care of your chicken. It's a great press conference. (laughs) Yeah. But it's funny that he's absolutely right. And it's funny you bring up Seattle because I guess he saw that same thing happen where you're talking about guys during a lockout where you had to be really careful with how you were spending your money. And so I'm just glad that Derek Brown is playing himself towards an awesome contract where you're going to have that problem. Yeah, (laughs) because you look at what they said. Remember when they when they told the guys before they signed this last one? They said, if you want to get all the things you want, you guys need to save your money because you're going to probably have to hold out. And they didn't hold out because guys weren't holding on to that chicken. Um, I do want to. <laughs> I love that so much. It's such a great sound. Marshawn Lynch is a national treasure and maybe the number one when we talk about the category of national treasures. I do want to get to J.C. Horn. I also want to get to Jeremy Chin because a couple of people have written in about Jeremy Chin mm-hmm. on the Garage Door Guru text line. I wanted to get some other text in here, too, though. The bagel guy, Wes, wrote in, what's the most ridiculous thing you would blow your money on right out of the cars. gate? Cars immediately? No question about it. What would you I get? like cars. What? I mean, then or now? Then. I, was like, <laughs> I wanted, What is I mean, young, wake, fresh off of oh Wake Lord, Forest, Wes When buying? I used to just blow through, I'd buy five or six hats on, on New Era at one time. Uh, oh, car. Yeah. So I think back then, it would be some type of sports car. I mean... Let's see. I mean, what are we talking here? My uh, high draft pick it's or am I undrafted you tell free me agent? What we're talking. If I, I had tell big you. Skrilla, I probably would get something exotic like a Lamborghini or something crazy like that. You would go straight neon LaMelo ball Lamborghini? Because like today, if I had money, which I'm much, much more financially literate. That's why I feel like everybody's journey is meant to be how it is mm-hmm. because I've taught myself so much. But if I had a lot of money now, no doubt about it, um, 
a Lamborghini Urus. Uh, yeah, it would be pretty nice. Uh, yeah, I've nice. always been an Escalade guy, which is not yeah. shooting for the stars enough, I don't think. <laughs> I mean, it, I I, mean, it ain't cheap. Now, the bagel guy did write in, what's the most ridiculous fish Walker would buy if money did not matter? So, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm coming out and I'm buying piranhas. Everybody's got something. <laughs> what is, if Fiddy gets a NBA contract fresh off of his impressive performance oh. in church league basketball, what is Fiddy spending his money on and irresponsibly so? I think so? I know. Okay, I do too. All right, all right. So then, <laughs> yeah, because I need a second. Y'all, y'all guessing? I tell you if you're right or wrong. I, I think it would be I an can't. absurd amount of transactions with uh, um, women yeah. who work for a living in the night. <laughs> That's all that needs to be said. Just play the soundboard, man. You don't need to say nothing else. You can plead the fifth, and you can let the computer speak for you if you want. Was was your guess the same thing, Walker? Oh yeah, it was a hundred percent the same thing. That's exactly. Is this it. friendship? I think so. Yeah, it's a it, lot. It's a lot of friendship. We know you well, Fiddy. In fact, I, I might know you too well. <laughs> Either that or it'd just be a lot of women that he's dealing with that he'd be spending a lot of money on them. That's true. Hey, at, you know, when somebody hits you up on Snapchat now and you do have all that money and everybody yeah. knows about it. You're going to get a flute out. Well, and you're, yeah. you are going to pay for the manicure that they're asking what you about. What am I getting a flute out for? That's what they said. That's what they call it. When you fly the girls out, they're getting flued out. That's what oh, the city girls say. Yeah, they're getting flued out. That's what the city girls say. Yo, Fiddy's going to get that flute out and play some mad jazz nah, with that's it. what I'm saying. You're going to get them flued out, pay for them, wine them and dine them and send them back home. Fiddy's going to be like Ron Burgundy playing the jazz right. flute. Yeah, kicking all sorts of glassware out on the tables. On a marble floor with the Versace robe, you know, open Definitely. the taco meat out. Oh, 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 I would go full Christian Grey. I would have like a new tie for every day of the week. The, <laughs> Christian you know. Grey. Thank you for enhancing <laughs> our argument. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. I couldn't think of anyone else to. to, to okay. I no, know you couldn't. That's okay, our okay, argument. All right. I'd be Jordan Belfort. Yeah, that, that's that's what I would be. You think that makes your argument better after watching what this? Is I mean, he's not the demon that Christian Grey is sexually, no. just uh, in his everyday life. I mean, are you? That's what I was about to say. You're gonna be Wolf Wall Street with the drugs. Though. I, it, it's funny you bring it's very that. Very tempting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally see Fitty. In, substance abuse policy. Totally see Fitty in the Silk Road. Him and Tyreek him and Tyreek Evans playing some ball together. Oh no, OJ Mayo. I, the church Church League's got to suspend you for like five years more than Tyreek. Tyreek's coming back before Fiddy yeah. is at the Church League. All right, we got to go to the Fiddy Flash. I do want to read a lot of other really nice text here, but let's go to the Fiddy Flash real quick. All right, guys, the first quarterback prospect that the Panthers could be interested is officially in the NFL draft. Kentucky quarterback Will Levis did announce yesterday he will forego his remaining college eligibility, although he has not decided on if he's going to play in the bowl game or not, but He's the first guy, and of course, we all know that Dave Tepper, according to Ellis Williams, would like the idea of building around him. I'll just simply ask you, from where he started in the in the summer and the mod traps to where he is now, how has your opinion of Will Levis changed about being the next quarterback for the Carolina Panthers? We don't have a lot of time, but guys, I'll tell you, I'm shook with quarterback evaluations lately because I didn't think Josh Allen was going to be anything, and he's awesome. I didn't think Justin Herbert was going to be good. You and I both differed on that coming out of college, but Justin Herbert is awesome. So is it okay, despite lack of production, to just go after the tools because maybe they can figure it out a little bit more in the NFL? I don't know. My world's been flipped upside down when it comes to QB evaluation. 
Mainly, I just want Carolina to take a shot. If they feel like he's the guy, if C.J. Stroud's gone, if Bryce Young's gone and Carolina's picking sixth, I would rather have someone else. But I am going to be a little more welcoming to the idea than I would have in years past. I just don't like his decision-making. The Kentucky games that I've watched, uh, and I talked to one of my buddies this summer, he was saying that he didn't like them. And then the more I watched him, though, his decision-making, though, he just does things sometimes that make you scratch your head. Kentucky's got good talent, but sometimes he'll just make some throws, just like Sam Darnold would do when he was at USC. He'll just make throws or do stuff hey, sometimes, bro. and you're just like, man, <laughs> what <laughs> are you thinking? So, no, I don't think Will Levis is the answer. I think if they draft him, it'll just be a season of misery. I think edgy Sam Darnold definitely drinks the Mountain Dew energy drink. <laughs> He's got a I whole know, fridge. Bro. <laughs> yes, you do, Sam. I know you have that. It's the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio, coming up at the Campus Corner, 92.7 WFNZ. Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Colin trying to come in and smooth everything over with Tar Heels fans. We had a lot of stuff going on during the break. We did. Well, I, I want to get... We always skip over the campus corner. I don't want to do we that I, because something happens by this point in the show yeah. where it completely goes off the rails. I want to talk food. You talked about how you had the Popeye's black and chicken sandwich. You're damn right. I want to talk about that. <laughs> Colin comes in and he's talking about Tar Heel basketball, but we've already done that. Flounder and Fitty, you and I both find it highly entertaining. Right when they when, figure out what they, <laughs> when they are trying to figure out what they want for lunch. And there's there's a lot going on, but I do want to give the campus corner its day. So let's dive right in, okay. visit the campus corner, and talk about what our reel was about today. College football playoff expanding. It is official. It is indeed going to happen. It's going to happen to 12 teams. What do you think, Wes, about college football expanding to those 12 teams in the playoff? All right, so two ways. I like the four because before the playoffs, I always like the plus one model, which is basically what we have now. But I get more meaningful football games, so I'll say that. Because my main problem, I didn't want it to water down the regular season. I love the extreme urgency at the top of college football. Uh, so, yeah, I would still say that I like the four. But when I look at the 12, which is what I'm going to get, so I have to take my medicine and deal with it, I get more playoff football. I do look at the other divisions in college football. They do it, and I do enjoy watching those playoff games. And I hope that this will, for the teams that make it, that they will uh, more guys will stop sitting out of games and will play um, in these football games. But at the end of the day, I don't think we're going to get this underdog story that everybody seems to think is going to happen because they're expanding. I guess they just want to be able to say they were in it. And the teams at 13, 14, 15 are still going to complain that they didn't get in. Well, and that's always the problem with expanding the NCAA tournament field. That always makes me roll my eyes. Because when you talk about expanding, what was it? I think 64, 65 right. with the play-in game. There's always the 16, somebody complaining. And then now here we are talking about, well, why, did not, why didn't the 70th team get into the Correct. field? That's all true. But I think with college football playoff expansion, I've always thought six would be a really nice amount 
amount of teams because it still does provide that extreme urgency to win right here, right now. It also provides just a slim chance for that mid-major squad that might have a shot to upset one of these college football powerhouses if they get in as a top six team. Now, we saw it with Cincinnati. They got in a top four spot. I believe Western... Smash. Yeah, they did. They were, but Western Michigan got in... That They would have, quote-unquote, got in if it was six, like maybe a few years back. PJ Western Fleck. Michigan? I think they were. it was PJ Fleck was still there. Maybe that was at the very end of the season, but mm-hmm. Western Michigan... And then we had a whole Central Florida thing where they thought they wouldn't... Uh, <laughs> right. But, and, and look, maybe you say Auburn didn't really bring it 100%, but they did beat Auburn in the bowl game mm-hmm. afterwards, even if it wasn't a playoff game. So, I just want the shot. And I think that argument you made about how a mid-major is not going to win a championship anyway, that might be true, but that also might serve as more evidence to just go ahead and expand it. Because if you're not going to have these mid-majors win anyway, make them happy, allow them a shot, they can get beat down, and then the true powerhouses can still win anyway, and now everybody is kind of happy because at least that mid-major team participated and then got beat down. We saw it play out. And it's something that you can put on your letterhead when you send it to recruits, and it is something that I heard a a good argument saying for those programs that – that are not perennial powerhouses. They will do things like hang banners or do different things like that in their stadiums, which I think is cool too. And that is something that you can tell recruits. Like, hey, you know, you got a chance to play in the playoffs if you come here, and that's an experience to work towards. So, you know, I see some of the, some of those benefits as well. Yeah, college football playoff and, and, and even just college football – this sport is so different than every other sport. One, yeah. because of the urgency that we talk about to win, but just because of all of the different pathways to get there. And we're trying to do the whole Zach Galifianakis GIF thing where we've got all these equations in our head. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to express them as much as we possibly can. Fiddy's giving me the weird, extreme frown face look that because I'm also... Have, because you have the wrong actor. No, Zach Galifianakis. He's the guy that does the GIF, uh, does the uh, yeah, he equations. Does. Right. Who do you think it is? You're talking about the guy and it's always sunny? No. No, we're talking about oh, okay. the you're thinking of the dr- You're thinking of the, the chalkboard. Okay, so that was me. Dumbass. Yeah, that's you. I'm glad. Look, it's self-awareness. Wes says he's very self-aware. I'm glad that you showed some self-awareness that you are the dumbass. <laughs> but when we talk about that, college football play, it just makes me, it, it's it's a lot more intricate when we try to discuss all of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I, I, I at least don't think it's ruined by any means, right? Like expanding this to 12. No, you get more meaningful football games at the end of the year. And and it's going to be a lot of fun still. Fiddy, I know that you had kind of grown to like the idea of expansion more so than you did a couple of years ago. Yeah, like three years ago, I thought it was pointless. I think now the gap that Clemson and Alabama and Ohio State had opened up on the country it has, it has shrunk. And, Wes, I'll ask you, mm-hmm. as a guy that is a college football supremacist, okay. doesn't the idea of is seeing... That, <laughs> I am. Uh, okay. Doesn't the idea of seeing playoff games being played in the Big House or in Athens or in the Coliseum, is that not more intriguing? If, if, they, if they were all neutral site games, I think that would take away for some of the excitement. But that's not going to happen. You're going to see the big boys going into the Big Ten weather when they're not used to playing there or going out west. That's going to add a different element to college football we just simply haven't seen. Is that how they're going to do it? Yeah. They, okay. Uh, yeah, no, I would agree with you on that. I like, I still kind of like the neutral site aspect to it, but no. because And the reason I say that is because I'm going to lean heavily favoriting the teams that do get to play at home. It's going to be hard yeah. to go into these places and beat some of these teams. You're not going in a big house 
in January and be in Michigan. Like, that's going to be a very tall task. So, but, you know, it's still going to be interesting nonetheless. And you're going to get your upsets here and there. You are a supremacist. You are a supremacist for college football. Maybe even a little bit for the ACC. I joined you when we talked about the <laughs> ACC championship game. Uh-huh. Maybe that was a little too strong to say Carolina Clemson would be the best ACC well, championship game of all time. it would have been if everything would have worked out. That's correct. But it's still going to be a really fun contest. It's going to be fun, yes. North Carolina, Drake May leading the way. Can the better quarterback knock off what has been the better ACC team in the past decade. I'll tell you this. You guys have a shot to go attend that game in person right now. Did Carolina get a Riley Leonard? Uh, no, they did not. Oh, okay, my bad. No, but they still have the best quarterback, according to everybody else but Wes Bryant, with Drake May. And you can go watch him play in person, and all you have to do is call in. We have two tickets to give away to Carolina Clemson battling for the ACC title. You can call in at 704-570-9610. Because we're up against a break, just be the first caller. Dial right now. 704-570-9610. That is the number to dial for ACC championship tickets. We'll come back on the other side of the break. Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.